TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And welcome back to A Change in Attitude, the podcast that is taking a 2021 look at the Attitude Era of WWF. I am the newly formed at Podfather Mags, and uh, with me, as always, taking this this horrifically started journey off, uh, my two cohorts, Tana and Ori. Ori, how are you today? I'm pretty well, given all sorts of circumstances. You know, can't complain, wouldn't do me any good anyway. <laughs> very, very true. And, I mean... and Tana, yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, big three <laughs> big three points today. Uh, <laughs> I'm the hill-dying gentleman. Yeah, well, let's do okay. this. <laughs> I, I, I hope your last day um, doesn't go as, as well for... I mean, for for context, we're recording on the 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 twentieth of May. Burnley, my football team, has just been tubbed by Liverpool, Tanner's football team, and oh. and the result did not tally with the performance on the pitch because Burnley outplayed Liverpool for for long periods of the game. Uh, yeah, the ref fucked us. But I mean, at the end of the day. It, the score tells the tale. No, stop that. <laughs> uh, I mean, if Mags wants to start off the show by lying, then, then, <laughs> then let's do this. I mean, I may as well, because WWF start off their show lying. Um, so <laughs> oh, there get, we go. Let's get right into it. So this, this week's episode is the July the 8th, 1996 episode of Raw. Uh, we're still from the Brown County Expo at Green Bay. I think this is the third uh, episode out of four that they taped in, in this uh, in this run up to uh, International Incident. And we mm. actually get a, a new kind of start for, for, for Raw. We get uh, President Gorilla Monsoon coming to make a, a huge announcement telling us that uh, they've officially suspended the Ultimate Warrior for failing to appear at three uh, consecutive house shows. Uh, Gorilla goes on to say that the suspension will be lifted once uh, Ultimate Warrior pays an appearance bond, uh, which which guarantees that he will appear at the shows that he's advertised. Um, but in in a, a weird kind of setup, even though he's suspended, he's actually appearing on this show tonight mm. which mm. uh right. if you were suspended surely you wouldn't be on the show but let's not pretend that it wasn't recorded beforehand la, 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 la. Uh, and got to make that money somehow that's right exactly <laughs> exactly um so yeah I, um, again like we alluded to last week the, the actual reason why he was suspended and why he missed those shows was because he attended his dad's funeral uh and vince mcmahon in his uh in his um ever graceful way, uh, said, well, you, were, you weren't close with your dad, so I don't think you should have had the time off for, for uh, his funeral. So 
uh, Warrior uh, was upset about that and decided that he was uh, essentially going to quit the company. So this appearance bond is never really going to get paid because he ain't going to appear ever again. So let's well, let's unpack this just a little bit because I went the full mags route and like started doing some deep diving and some. There's so many notes. I'm on the Wikipedia. So apparently <laughs> he had missed Indianapolis, mm-hmm. Detroit, mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh. And according to Vince, he claimed that Warrior had not seen his father in 10 years and didn't care much for him. So he didn't take Warrior's excuse for missing the house shows at face value. So basically, like you said, there's no excuse. But at the same time, I'm like, listen, we all know Vince can be a dick, but that's your dad. You know, like there were times where me and my dad didn't get along, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to want to show up for his freaking funeral. You know what I mean? Like, it just it it just feels like a dick move, even for Vince. Like, is that something weird to say? <laughs> no, I think you're right. Um, it's, it's for me, it's crossing a line at the end of the day, whether whether uh, Warrior was uh, close to his dad or not, whether they spoke in, in years or not. The fact is that was his last time on earth and it was his last time to maybe make amends and, and kind of like um, um, maybe kind of reform the bridges between between him and his father. Um, so for Vince to say, yeah, you can't have time off work to go to your own father's funeral, it's, it's for me, that's incredibly low. Um, but um, the thing with, with WWF and the Ultimate Warriors, they always had this kind of like fractured kind of uh, relationship between each other where they essentially were, were two kind of lovers who wanted to murder each other. But when they were on the right page, they made absolute magic. I mean, look how big of a star uh, Ultimate Warrior was, how much merchandise he sold, how much money the company made off his back. When it worked, it worked brilliantly. It's mm. just it didn't work for 90% of the time. So basically you and Tanner. Oh, me and Tanner always <laughs> We always work. And supposedly the other issue was um... – or Warriors half of the issue was that at those house shows, WWF did sell Warrior merchandise at those shows, and they did not give him his uh, percentage cut from them. So mm. that was Warriors part. So it was more than just the funeral. Like, that was a big part of it. But the thing that really got me, and it really, the more I think about it, it really feels like a very scripted thing that Vince would write, was that last line that Gorilla Monsoon gave no one wrestler is above answering to our loyal WWF fans. Yeah. And it's like, while I get where Vince is coming from, and this feels like, a you know, some really early shades of card subject to change on every title card that we see nowadays. But it just, like, I get where Vince is coming from, but at the same time, these are still people, mm-hmm. you know, and they're they're allowed to pay their last respects to any given person that they choose. And we as fans, also people, should respect that. You know, it's like, where the frack did your humanity go? Like, I don't want to... I don't want to pull the Vince Russo, Jim Cornette thing, it's only wrestling. But at the same time, it's only wrestling. And people should be able to say their goodbyes and make their amends and do what they need to do. And so the whole thing just... The more I looked into it, 
the more of a dick move on Vince's part. It really, really felt. Yeah. And and that last line, it doesn't just add, I personally don't think it just applied to Warrior. Because uh, yeah. if you if you remember, this is coming hot off uh, uh, Scott Hall and uh, Kevin Nash leaving the company. It's, right. It, this, this actual show was uh was uh running opposite the 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 natural after bash at the beach when we got revealed hogan as the, as the third man so they that one line is is um kind of like a uh an interlude to how he felt about how hogan left for for wcw how uh nash and, and hall left for wcw and it actually be the blueprint of how he trekked wwf uh going forward i mean outside of say austin and the rock he he never really let anybody become uh, a bigger star than the brand, and and we're we're back here in nineteen ninety six, and he he's telling us that um, in plain sight, essentially. Mm. It's 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 all very interesting. Uh, the the opener uh, and and how they did this. I will say, <clears throat> it, it, a this is very interesting timing considering the documentaries that we're going to be having come out with uh, the a the a and e uh biography version where people have claimed that there's <laughs> potential for some wwe whitewashing perhaps on uh, on part of uh, a warrior because of uh the politics involved and who works for the company uh you know but also the dark side of the ring documentary that's going to be coming out and that'll probably have a lot more criticism uh, mm-hmm. uh aimed at warrior as well um <laughs> but as, as far as Warrior is concerned, um, I, I found it interesting that with him making his ring entrance, and maybe it's just me, uh, but when he made his entrance to the ring, he felt like a guy out of time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah. it, in the sense that you're like, this guy doesn't really fit this generation of wrestlers. <laughs> like, like this is a, a, a man from a from another time and place it's just not fitting here with like the vibe I get from Owen Hart or the vibe that I get from Shawn Michaels or the vibe that I get from, you know, uh, any number of other people, Ahmed Johnson, anybody else that's on the, on the roster at the time. Um, and they do make a big deal out of warrior, but it doesn't, it, it, it didn't feel like it's, it was a very cohesive kind of thing between him and, 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 and Owen Hart in terms of a, uh, uh, oh yeah, I can buy these two being in the ring together kind of sense. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's just a, a personal thing. Oh no, you're, you're absolutely right. He was brought back as a panic because uh, uh, with Hogan gone, uh, business was down um, and and they needed somebody to, to essentially get, get butts in seats. I mean, I think his, his first feud back was with Goldust. If I remember right, then, mm-hmm. uh, and he quick he he when he came back in, he he was uh, he got massive pops, but it quickly went down because of exactly how how you you put it, Tanner. He didn't fit in with this generation of wrestling. He was mm-hmm. still kind of like the the late eighties, early nineties, uh, uh, bright coloured kind of superhuman character where we were slowly transitioning into real people uh, mm-hmm. and, and getting uh, kind of out of the um, the, the uh, job um, uh, characters into almost like where you can relate to a person. Uh, and you, nobody as, as good as Warrior was in selling a character, you couldn't relate to him as a person because he was meant to be this kind of like supernatural, almost superhero. 
Yeah, it's a comic book character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt too. And I, I don't know, but thinking thinking back now because I watched this yesterday, you know, we kept getting you know, the, there was kind of that delayed entrance by Warrior. Where is he? Where is he? And then King consistently throughout the entire match, we're seeing him for the last time. It's going to be his last match ever. It was like King was prophesying. But at the same time, you know, as we had said at the top of the episode, this was recorded in a series, which mm-hmm. makes me think that this commentary, this portion of the commentary. It was redone. Yeah. Yes. After the fact, I was yeah. like, now that I think about it mm. and, you know, I don't know. But I mean, I felt like the match in and of itself, it started off good. Like everything bad that I had felt from the previous warrior matches that I had that I, I think it was only one, but that we had seen, you know, and I was underwhelmed. I was like, OK, this is what I expected from an ultimate warrior match. And then the second time he threw like right after that second time, he threw Owen over the top ropes to the outside. Mm -hmm. It all slowed back down and just came to a crawl. The the crowd was dead as hell. The third (laughs) man for the, for the international invasion in your house had already been recast. The, he had the laziest overhead block that I have ever, ever seen a wrestler do like he just barely Mm. you know hooked his foot uh, around owen and i'm like oh dear god like i've seen novice wrestlers do better than that you know and then Mm. we get the dq at the end because of the british bulldogs uh interference thank god and and it was (laughs) yeah to some extent yes because the whole thing was dying like they should have pulled bulldog mm-hmm. in long before that dubbed audio or not like and then after that warrior is complete like this had already been shot way before everything else but even still it was a complete burial of mm-hmm. the ultimate warrior completely yeah. like I mean, all they were it, missing was the physical casket to roll his ass <laughs> out of there it, it would be interesting to see if that was uh, what the plan would have been had they not have suspended him, uh, whether he was going to make like his uh, triumphant return at International Incident, whether they were they were planning to have him swap out anyway. Um, but obviously uh, WWE kind of rolled with the punches uh, and 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 retroactively fitted a storyline to to fit with what they'd already recorded um, uh, in in terms of wrestling footage. But yeah, the the match. Stunk. It was a typical Ultimate Warrior uh, kind of burial performance. I mean, the guy even no sold the the spinning heel kick, which mm. which that yeah. that was one of Owen's signature moves, and that basically put down everybody. And for him to to no sell it, um, and and like Tanner said, the fact that David Boy came in and even he muffed up his uh, his um, his interference. But it, it was a saving grace, and this was eight minutes of of wrestling. That yeah, it was just it was just dog shit, absolutely dog shit. Yeah, 
Yeah. But the the one good thing we did get though was the the little kind of split screen interludes with Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson both being topless backstage. Uh, they must have been cold because they were pretty much there for the full show, uh, giving like little hints of uh, of who the replacement third man would be. Um, and I think in the second time we see uh, the two. Uh, and I do like the fact that Ahmed still had the gold strap uh, towel. Um, he he says, uh, Sean Michael says it's a, a partner that he's had uh, problems with in the past, um, which I think he was, thought he was kind of narrowing down the, the pool of people it could be, but essentially that could be anybody who's ever worked for WWF. Um, but I, I don't think I need to even ask you what you guys think of this match. Uh uh, it was it was pretty poor. Yeah, I do have a question though. Okay. Since you guys are much more familiar with Ultimate Warrior as a whole, do you think that if he would have been able to, if let's say Vince gave him the time off, say yeah, we'll release you from the house shows, we'll even give you off for international inter- incident. Better yet, let's take three to six months. Let's come up with a whole new gimmick for you same name just change things up again think um like the way undertaker has done so many times like with the american badass you know and the bike and all that other kind of stuff Mm. do you think that warrior could have possibly if if things were handled differently could have been repackaged rebranded and come back and done as well um, <laughs> I mean, personally, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. and, and there's a couple of reasons for it. Uh, the main one being, uh, warrior was, um, uh, and I'm going to say this as, as nicely as I can. He was, you want uh, me to take this? I'll, I'll, I'll say it. If you, he, want he was a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Mm. He <laughs> believed his character. He he thought he was his character. I mean, mm. we got to the point where he changed his name to right. the Ultimate Warrior, Bad Deepol. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but so, so let it, me ask you this: in the in where we were, I'm pretty sure there's a well documented history of Warrior being an addict. Am I wrong? Um, in terms of like drugs. Uh, yes. No, I don't no. believe that he was. I think he was. Ve- in fact, he was very adamantly against it. There was a a huge kind of a um, issue he had with Hulk Hogan. With Hulk Hogan was was taking steroids. Um, so yeah, that was one thing. Uh, for his many faults, that was one thing that uh, he was not. Uh, that was not his thing. He was very very a clean living person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. I I would not doubt that he took his supplements. Uh, whatever yeah, they may I mean, be, on it the would juice, be, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. He, he, That's what I was wondering. Definitely, like you, he might have been off everything else, but not quite that. You can't get that physique naturally. <laughs> uh, doing so would be uh, beyond human. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he was, but, and that's the point. That was the point. Well, he, yeah. he thought he was beyond human. Yeah. Well, and and kind of kind of what along the lines of what Mags was saying, he was really kind of all about who about the Ultimate Warrior. Like he never wanted to do or be anything else once he had that character. Like that was all that's that's all he was. Um, but in the same token, uh, <laughs> and I thought this was the path that you're going down, Mags. He was also. Um, <laughs> 
He was, he was also a bit of a knob. He was he was a real he was a real ass yeah. at, at times. So I don't have any doubt that uh, you know could you could you uh, with Vince McMahon and the Ultimate Warrior in the same room could they rekindle something at that time or or find a a, a solid meeting ground mm-hmm. uh, middle ground to 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 be on and to negotiate something. Um, I just don't see it. I, just I, don't. I mean, I I dare say that they could have come together and, and formulated an idea, but it would have always fell apart because those two clashed over over everything. Whether it was money, whether it was merchandise, whether it was character, whether it's creative control, they were like two um, two lovers who could not stand each other but made magic when they were when they were on and uh like yeah and mags. It, it was always <laughs> going to collapse uh you could have yeah. delayed the collapse but it was always going to collapse because like my my thought process is like you know sting transitioning from the colorful sting to the crow sting to the stinger we know today same thing with the undertaker the name never changed the essence of the gimmick never change but stylistically they changed and Mm -hmm. and grew with the times and i think you know if we could have had something like that you know definitely i think his heart would have needed to be more in it you know Mm -hmm. because like i said the beginning of that match i felt was great but once he threw owen over that top rope the second time it everything just it was like a train going 100 miles an hour meeting a 100 foot brick wall like it just complete stop derail and that was like three minutes in of an eight minute match which means we got five minutes of bullshit right well and i'm and i'm tr- not trying to bury the guy no you know, all the way but um i very much mean what i say when i when, when i'm saying from everything I've ever seen of ultimate warrior, he has never come across to me as a guy who was supremely creative to reinvent himself, which sucks for him, but he likes staying in that lane. He liked being the ultimate warrior. Um, like I, I, am I'm, I'm struggling to envision how the ultimate warrior could have gone on in 1998 with the new edgy kind of style that they were kind of going into. And, it's I, I, I it, it would have been parody. It would have become parody of itself. Yeah, yeah that's possible. And 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 the two examples that that you gave with uh, Undertaker and Sting, um, the 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 big difference between those two and Ultimate Warriors, there's a man behind those characters. So you've yeah. got Steve Borden as Sting. He knew the character Sting. He knew where he wanted it to go. But essentially, once the work was done and he was at home, he was Steve Borden. Same with uh, with uh, Mark Calloway. He was the Undertaker on the camera, but when he was at home, he's he's Mark Calloway, Ultimate Warrior. But there was, was no line for Warrior. No, it, he was Ultimate Warrior twenty four seven, and he, like Tanner said, he wanted to stay in that lane. He he wanted Ultimate Warrior to be this this superhero character, and and that whilst that worked in the the eighties uh, and nineties. Um, it didn't carry over into into this uh, this era of wrestling, and it right. just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I wish it would have. I wish there's a way that we could have 
found a way to to make it work and and mm-hmm. I think it would have been something good for him you know but it it sucks that this is the last time that we're seeing him and it's like this and he's so unequivocally buried just in the commentary you mm-hmm. know just completely harps but I th- I feel like that was also kind of King's character at the time as a color well, commentator, that and, I mean, we we saw it last just, week when he was burying Jet, uh, Jet and Roberts. which continued this week on mm-hmm. this episode as well. Yeah. Like it, the man was a a dog with a bone, you know, mm-hmm. and he would go around the yard and unbury bones left and right. Like, hey, remember this, you know, and just won't let stuff go. Now, I, I I would be remiss if we didn't at least touch on one thing before we we move along to uh, the other stuff that happened in the show. <laughs> um, we do get, of course, introduced a very important um, angle uh, here at the introduction of the show, as well as throughout the match. And that is, well, with Ultimate Warrior, and I think I think either you or you or, or Mags touched on this uh, with Ultimate Warrior being out on bond. Basically, that sounds weird. <laughs> warrior being, being suspended on uh, on this uh, kind of bond situation, um, you know, we have to have a third man for international incident for Shawn Michaels' mm-hmm. team. Hit him and uh, um, uh, Ahmed Johnson. Thank you. You're uh, him and Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> That's why there's name. three of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, who is he? The Intercontinental Champion. Um, who is he? The big guy. <laughs> yeah, he's massive. Um, so there has to be a third man. And so begins the rampant speculation all night of who's the third man. And that would, I mean, that would go on for the next hour's worth of the show. Uh, Certainly would. <laughs> I mean, Again, who, dog with a bone. I mean, we had so many different names. OJ Simpson. Which, wow. That right. Was. Uh, John Travolta, we got at one point. He was bringing up people that I'd never heard of. Now, I, I laughed at the John Travolta one because he, cause King then started going into Scientology for a moment. Oh, and geez. I was like, oh, wow, that's actually... That's actually pretty bold. Oh, yeah. he, he was like, he's like, yeah, John Travolta can put his hands on people and heal them. That's like a power that he has now. And I was like, oh God, he's Wait, talking about it, him being a Scientologist. That? Was yeah. it that, or was it the fact that he had done that movie, uh, um, Michael, where he was an angel? He, that too. So it, it does make sense both ways, I guess. Eh? Yeah. There you go. It's weird the random pop culture crap that I keep in my head. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it just it comes out at the weirdest times. Like, oh yeah, yeah. When you're watching wrestling, funnily enough, right? Or Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> That's the only times I'm good. Oh, can we please have a Trivial Pursuit episode? That would be so much fun. That actually would be cool. But let, let, let's just get back to this row. Let's get it out of the way, actually. Let's get this row out of the way. Um, so after after the, the Ultimate Warrior debacle, we get uh, Savio Vega versus a very young-looking uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Um, this is a, a, a rematch from a match that happened uh, about a month or so before on, on Superstars where uh, Vega had attacked uh, Bradshaw with a strap. And Bradshaw, uh, in re- retaliation, attacked Vega with his uh, with his bull rope. 
Um, and whilst uh, Savio Vega's coming out, he actually almost gets attacked by Brian Pillman, who's uh, I'm loving these little kind of like Brian Pillman uh, interludes, uh, showing that he's kind of can't be contained by the company, and he's just uh, he is essentially the the loose cannon character that he's portraying. Uh, but we do eventually get the match, and there's a little bit of a um, kind of like a join between the two guys. I think uh, there's there's one point where Bradshaw actually uh, pars uh, uh, Vega in the face, um, but then we get a long, long, tedious match of uh, of mm. rest holds and chin locks and. Oh, it was so tedious. And this match actually went, what, 12 minutes, I think. And it just seemed to be so, so slow. Uh, the, the the only kind of highlight of the point was we got a, a phone in from, uh, from Mr. Perfect, when, uh, which, was, which was quite on his, fun. On his cell phone. He called from on his, his cell phone. On his cell phone, and and Vince trying to desperately trying to find out uh, wh- um, where he was from. I think he says, uh, "Oh, uh, where are you calling from?" And then he's, uh, uh, he says, "Look, I'm not telling you, Vince." And then he says, "Well, where are you?" And he's like, "Vince, he literally just told you he's not fucking yeah. telling you where he's going to be. Can you, you not get it through?" Yeah. Um, but after we get that, uh, we come to the finish. Uh, uh, Uncle Zebediah goes for the trip. Um, which which leads to Bradshaw missing the clothesline. Uh, we get the spinning heel kick. Bradshaw sells the spinning heel kick. Warrior, you, that's how you meant to sell it. Um, and he ends up losing the match. And then we get like a bit of a heel turn afterwards with uh with with Bradshaw. Uh, what do you guys uh think of this uh, amazing technical feat of a match? Go for so, it, Tanner. This match was bad. It it was it wasn't a good match. Um, no, and no disrespect, because I mean, like Savio Vega, he's actually pretty good. Um, and John, Justin, Hawk, Bradshaw, Layfield, he um, who names this person? I guess Vince. Um, <laughs> At this point, Vince. Yeah, Vince. Vince is is the guy, but. It, Bradshaw was so green in this match, yeah. it seemed. Um, <laughs> and, Is it just me, or did he feel very kind of Hangman Page-ish? Yes. There was, there was Absolutely, some, yes. some vibe to that, yeah. Okay, Definitely I'm just making sure I'm not the only one that kind of picked up on that. Well, Hangman Page, is if he never wrestled before. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. If he if he never performed at a very high level, yeah, yeah. this would be this if would he had be... never gone to Ring of Honor and New Japan. Exactly. Um, this is also the time of the show where I really started noticing Vince McMahon's commentary patterns, um, where it's like he has an inflection that's like Voldemort. Like if you ever watched the, the Harry Potter movies, it sounds like Voldemort uh, from the Harry Potter movies. And then he kind of has like a, like a motorboat kind of sound. And then, and then it, it, it's like all crashes down. So it goes, and then it goes, and then you're just like, that, that's, that's literally the three tones that you get from Vince McMahon. And it's three. It's just like, who's talking right now. Is it one guy? There's, there's only one guy talking. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Uh, so, and then of yep. course we had we had more speculation of who the third man was. So much so that it seemed like that McMahon and King tried to do a who's on first Abbott and Costello 
thing oh, referring God. to the wrestler who mm-hmm. who was on superstars mm-hmm. and it very badly like i'm not going to claim to know each line of that skit but i know most of it fairly well and i was like the minute i started catching on to what they were doing i was like oh dear god stop <laughs> just just stop just stop and then we so, of course we had Zebekiah who we know as Dutch Mantel. Yeah, or um Zeb probably Coulter. Zeb Coulter most yeah. recently. Yeah, that's what I was trying to I, all I could think was we the people and I'm like and it wouldn't go there. But he's been Zeb Zed Zeb he's been every kind of Z biblical name you can come up with. <laughs> He certainly has. Uh, then after the the, the the Sean and Ahmed interlude, where we're still trying to work out who the partner is, uh, we do actually get uh, uh, some clips from recent out shows. And one thing you've got to give WF um, props for back then was they knew how to kind of put a party on and they knew how to kind of entertain the crowd. Uh, I mean, no one really wants to see uh, Michael Hayes dancing in a WrestleMania cap, but it's still entertaining for, for the audience. So I, I, I do give him props for that. We then get the, the slam of the week, which was not a slam at all. It was just uh, Mankind uh, putting the mandible claw on Jake Roberts. Which brought all that back around again. It did. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Uh, And then we go into... The main event, which, uh, oof, God, this was shit. Uh, David Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, and Vader uh, against uh, the Godwins with uh, with Hillbilly Jim. And we get uh, probably the best thing that actually happened on the show for me, Jim Cornell on commentary. Uh, for as much as he is now a sour, grumpy asshole, he knew in at this time how to... To sell a story, how to uh, to keep uh, the commentary flowing, and I thought he he, he was brilliant. Uh, the match was, I mean, it was probably the best match on the card, but that's that's like that's not hard compared to the two matches that we we got. Uh, it was also very much the longest match on the card. Um, 
the 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 cool hot tag was was awesome to to Phineas uh, uh, being able to to fight off uh, um, the 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 camp cornet guys, and then uh, I, I I loved the way Corny was kind of turning on his own guys, calling them idiots, and how he kept leaving commentary to oh, kind yeah. of like uh, to try and like pump them up. Um, I thought that was 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 awesome. Uh, but then we 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 do get the finish, uh, thirteen minutes. Um, it, it was interesting because the Godwins actually looked really good in this match, but the whole point was to put over Davy Boy and Vader as like two animals going into international incident, and I don't think that this match pulled that off. I think it actually made them look more human than than they should have done. They they, they should have come in and absolutely destroyed the Godwins uh, to really kind of uh, give um, to give Shaw Michaels, Ahmed Johnson and the third man uh, no hope of winning the match at International Incident. Um, so I think it, it failed on just it, it felt like they were filling the time. Uh, maybe mm. it, it was changed up because of what happened with Warrior uh, and all the kind of like booking on the fly that happened. Uh, but yeah, it, it it didn't succeed in in making uh, Vader and uh, Bulldog seem like absolute monsters. Uh, but it it was a match nevertheless, and it was certainly the best match on the card for me. Yeah, I'll agree. It was definitely way too long. And I don't think it did. Don't get me wrong. I think Vader and Davey Boy still looked good. But when you've got Henry Godwin doing an overhead slam on Vader and then catching him in a cross body and hauling him at least five steps before slamming him down, that does no favors for the man they call Vader, the monster, the brawn of the Camp Cornet, or whatever the heck he was calling him, damn Jack in the Box, couldn't sit still. Ugh, I'm sorry, that, I don't, like, I liked it and I disliked it with Jim Cornette back and forth. Like, I'm like, just sit down, shut up. Well, not shut up, because Jim Cornette can't shut up. But, like, <laughs> sit down, commentate, and then he would get up and go again, and then he would come back, and then he would get up, and then he would come back. And I'm like, oh, my God, either commentate or don't. You know, it, it kind of aggravated me. But, you know, with, with Henry Godwin being as, as I really kind of felt like they made him look more of a monster than they did as far as power and strength-wise than they did Vader. Really and truly. I think it did a lot more favors for the Godwins, especially Henry Godwin, than it did for Davy Boy and Vader. Really and truly. Was it was it Henry that kicked out a two from the Vader bomb? Yeah, I want to. I want to say. I, it think, I think so. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, like that's sh- that should be the finish. Like, why isn't that the finish? That right. Finish. Um. Yeah. It was, it, it was a bit frustrating in that sense. I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> it, it, in a story sense, uh, I guess like a heel face sense, I mean, you want to root for the Godwins more. Uh, so it's like, oh, wow, that's nice for them. Like, uh, you know, like go, go baby faces. Hurrah. Um, <laughs> but like uh, <laughs> it, it, it was just a little bit odd booking um, in that regard that they made as mags put it that they made camp cornet and, and bulldog and Vader seem so much more human. And, mm-hmm. 
um, <laughs> it, it it just didn't it just didn't work out very well if you're leading into it in your house. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like it it wasn't the fact that they put them up against the Godwins that 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 I don't have a problem with. It was the complete layout of the match in and of itself and the execution. You know, if you're going to continuously beat down Henry Godwin as the big man and then have Phineas get the hot tag and come in and destroy all of y'all before you put him down, like, why are you making him look so big and strong i mean vader's supposed to be the big be all end all can't nobody handle vader you know mm-hmm. no and it just made it seem like henry godwin was manhandling through the whole ring mm-hmm. you know and I, mm-hmm. I think that's where i i personally wouldn't have put the godwins in this match because they're still riding high on the old kind of like storyline with Sonny uh, and the smoking guns, um, having them in this match kind of didn't make sense. It, it would have made more sense to have two wrestlers who were essentially enhancement talents and have uh, Vader and Bulldogs absolutely squash them. Uh, but it is what it is. The match happened and the, it pulled out again. Like I said, the probably the best match on 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 the on the night, uh, which isn't saying much. Um, after that, we're going into kind of like wrapping up the show now, and uh, we get uh, some more uh, WF Superstar uh, hotline. Where if you picked option six, you could find out what happened in the alleged love triangle between Goldust, Marlena, and Sable. And also, where did Mankind fit into that? Now, if you call one 737 wwf you could find out. <laughs> if you guys could see mine and Tanner's face, we're all, both just like, <laughs> ew. Like, how? Where? What? Like, don't get me wrong. I love, I love that dude to death. I love Mick Foley. I really do. But, like, how? How? Do I, that that's one of those dollar forty nine a minute questions that I really don't need answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, plus, if, if it involves mankind, also wouldn't that make it like a love square? Uh, a rhombus, perhaps a rhombus. <laughs> a love rhombus. <laughs> <laughs> so then, the the last segment of the night, and for me, probably the the best segment because we finally get. Uh, we finally get confirmation of, of, of what we've been waiting for for 40, I think the show went 47 minutes, 47 long minutes. Um, Cornet on split screen, um, really kind of shouting down the chances of, of, of Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson international incident. And uh, we then see who Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson had in their back pocket. And it was, only Psycho Sid, who, um, for all his faults, um, uh, he looked like a he looked like a typical Vince McMahon star wrestler. He looked like he was chiseled out of granite. Um, when he's given a promo to to read, he can sell it so good. The way his voice can go loud and then really silent. Uh, he, he he was he was so good at kind of like getting that atmosphere. 
Um, and and Schumacher certainly did have issues with uh, with Sarkozy, and and this will obviously lead on to a, a storyline further down the line uh, as we as we uh, roll into uh, WrestleMania. Uh, but yeah, we end with Sarkozy cutting a promo, uh, and Jim Cornette realizing that maybe he's maybe a bit enough more than he can chew for Camp Cornette. I, I really like what you what you added on there about uh, Psycho Sid, uh, because in this age of social media that we live in, we're pretty um, it's it, it's widely uh, presumed that Sid was not a very good promo because it, he he would need a script, um, and, and you get the um, the little. Uh, like the short gif or the, the, the little video clip of him being uh, like messing up his line and JR having to remind him out. Oh, we're live. Pal. We're, we're live. Can we go again? Yeah, no, we're live pal. <laughs> yeah. So with, with that being thrown around on social media quite frequently, when it comes to psycho Sid, you hear, you get to see and witness and hear this promo and you're like, damn, that was a really good promo. It was a really good promo. Like it had all the emotion that it needed. It had he he had the most amount of intensity. Um, and as you pointed out, his physicality was on point. Like this dude looked like the like Camp Cornette's worst nightmare. Like the worst person that that uh, you know Shawn Michaels and and Ahmed Johnson could pick to go up against Camp Cornette. Uh, yeah, this was a really, really good moment. And it actually had me wanting to watch the next episode to find out what happens next. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the facial expressions were on point. The tone was on point. The intensity in the eyes, the intensity in the way he carried himself, the, the physical specimen that he created. I was like... Yeah, no, I'm kind of with Cornette. I don't want to put anybody near that dude because that's some scary-ish. Like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. You know, he he sold that completely. And I know relatively little to nothing about Sid. Um, he was Sid Vicious, oh, was he not? Oh, I, I at mean, one point? If, if you want yes. some homework, read up on, on, on Sid. He's been involved in some pretty sketchy stuff in wrestling. Uh, he, uh, there's the infamous fight between him and Arn Anderson in, in oh. actually very close to me in Blackburn. Yeah, um, the, the scissor fight. The scissor fight, yes. <laughs> and the fight where he uh, went looking for a weapon and come back with a squeegee. Um, so, yeah, there's there's plenty of fun stories about, about uh, Sid Vicious. Uh, but he did look like a, a, he looked like a typical WWF. Uh, wrestler it was he yeah. had the look um he, he, I, do, I just don't think he had the commitment because there's there's loads of stories about him uh kind of like um leaving a wrestling company because he wanted to go and play play softball uh that was his that was his real passion he could have been mm-hmm. a multiple time world champion um way more than than he actually was but he just he just didn't seem to stick around in a company uh, long enough to 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 be that guy. Yeah, right. But I mean, for for what I saw of of knowing little to nothing, the 
the words were there. The emotion was mm-hmm. there. The intensity was there. He 100% sold it for me. And, and I'm with, I will agree with Tanner. I was invested and I wanted to see where it go. It's a fluke. Don't give me that <laughs> face. It'll never happen again. No. <laughs> now that's a hill Tanner will die on. No, but yeah, I'm 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 with Tanner. I'll agree with Tanner on this one. That yeah, I I was ready to kind of keep going. I had to quickly hit cancel on uh, on the remote to keep me from going too far because I don't want to get too far into it. Kind of want to stay where we are and enjoy it week to week, like we are with all of our wonderful friends listening with us. Absolutely. Yes. So before we say our goodbyes and and and. Uh, wander our way on to uh, the next episode of Raw um, I'd like to, to find out what you guys thought um, stood up in 2021 and what, what fell flat so I'll go to Tanner first uh, which which uh, uh, match or which segment in this show uh, still stands up for you in, in 2021 uh, I mean without a doubt it's got to be the Psycho Sid segment mm-hmm. um I, that might be a universal feeling amongst all three of us, but this is this is how you introduce a new person or a returning person mm-hmm. properly, right? Like, and so many times do they that I mean, do they execute something and it's either great or it sucks. This was a great way to reintroduce somebody in a moment where I don't want to call it a moment of desperation, but a moment where their chances were, or, or where their, their options were yeah. fairly limited. Um, they got the right guy. He cut the right promo and it was, it, it was pretty spot on. So yeah, I mean, I, I got to go with the final segment, yeah. the psycho Sid segment. It, that was certainly a, a very much a, a clutch play and, and it pulled off. Uh, Ori, what's, uh, what stood out for you? I'm going to agree with Tanner, but I'm going to expand on it. Okay. It wasn't just Sid in and of itself. It was Ahmed Johnson and Shawn Michaels helping to do the buildup throughout the whole show. It was Jim Cornette talking trash prior to Sid being revealed. It was Sid, you know, doing what he did, saying what he said and how he said it and the, the charisma in which he said it with. And then Cornette's reaction afterwards you know you could boil it down to just sid showing up and delivering that that promo but the way they built all of it all Mm -hmm. encompassing throughout the show the who is it and where are they and you know the teases from ahmed and sean and you know this that and the other all of it as a whole is what i think really helped it to really I mean, don't get me wrong. If if Sid hadn't delivered his portion the way he did, I don't know if it would have gone over as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he would have either had to have delivered that promo the way he did or just stand there and look menacing or just scream at the camera or something, you know. But putting all of those puzzle pieces together, the, the way they were formed, I think really helped it all as a whole work yeah um it's a clean sweep uh you you both uh make make great great points and uh it it's it seems like uh this episode of raw pulled it out 
at the last minute to make you uh, want to watch uh, the next episode because nothing else really on the show uh, before this uh, made you want to do that. There was nothing that that, that said, yes, this is essential viewing. Uh, this last promo for me uh, tipped it over the edge. And, and Ori, you make a great point about how Sean, uh, Sean and Ahmed really kind of built up that suspense. And then when uh, Cornette we started uh, kind of uh, uh, adding to it, it really, it really did kind of uh, make the, the, the reveal of Psycho Sid mean so much more. So for me, it's, uh, it's, it's exactly the same. It's, it's the, it's this promo and the whole build up to it. Um, what, what fell down? What kind of just didn't fly in today's uh, in today's wrestling world? Um, let's go back to you, Tanner. Oh man! Uh, I mean, there's much, so much, much to take how, from. How much time do we have left? <laughs> um, I mean, it could be anything from like, gosh. So um, I, I touched on it earlier, and I was I was it, it was in jest, but I I still got to point this out. Um, we often talk about, or you often see or hear in social media circles involving WWE about how bad the commentary team is. Um, Vince McMahon normally does a pretty decent job. I don't know what his deal was on this particular episode. If he was just, uh, I think at one point King asked him or somebody asked him how much coffee he had had today. He's like, no, that's not important. Um, but like you literally, like he literally sounded like three different people throughout the entire show. Um, and it was very distracting, almost jarringly. So over the course of some pretty not good matches. Um, so it was just like, Oh man, come on like this. So I don't know. I would say probably consistency as far as the commentary goes. Um, I found it to be jarring personally, probably for maybe what most people would find wouldn't fly nowadays. Um, uh, probably the ultimate warrior stuff just simply because in this social media age, the internet age, people would have known what was going on with warrior in the first place. Mm-hmm. So when they, you try to do like a smoke and mirrors kind of thing, it doesn't really come off all that well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's just hindsight, but those would be the two things that I would point out. And Ari, and um, oddly enough, I'm going to agree with Tanner. I mean, because three for three, <laughs> I'm, it'll never happen again. Calm down. God, no, but he's right, though. I mean, like I said, the, the first half of the Warrior match was fairly interesting and compelling. And in that second half, I mean, especially with those unenthusiastic leg hooks to try and block those, you know, oh, overhanded. To- we would have picked it apart. It would have been on Botchamania. Like, it would have been like, what the f- did we just watch? It would have been so the carcass would have been picked clean. The mm-hmm. the vultures of the internet age would have shat all over it. You know, and I I kind of feel like despite the energy that they tried to bring to it, I kind of feel the same way about Savio Vega and JBL. I mean JHB or he knows Mr. Who he is. Mr. Hawk. Yeah, Mr. Hawk Lay Brad Shawfield. You know, he knows who he is. And because 
I think it's hard to put together. There were some really good spots in that match. There were some good moments. I thought it was a, while it was too long, it was fairly decent. But unless you have some really good technical wrestlers that can make it interesting in this day and age, it just doesn't work. You, you have to get in your, in your, the, the revival, not that they're not the revival, but you know who I'm talking about. FTR. FTR. Um, you know, they specifically focus their style of wrestling primarily on traditional. So, you know what you're going to get with them and what, what to expect, you know, and if you put them up against other technical wrestlers, I think it would have made for a boring match like this, you know, with very few decent spots, you know, which is why I think they work so well and so interestingly against guys like the Young Bucks and whatnot. So I don't think that match would go over in this day and age either. Just mm. too many technical holds, too too many technicalities, we'll put it that way. I mean, you both make uh, great points. And one thing about this this role, whilst it was it was so weak to to watch in terms of in ring, it hasn't had as many kind of like standout cringy moments as 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 we've had in, in previous episodes. I mean, um, the the whole kind of Jake the Snake stuff from from last week just still really is resonating with me. Uh, but on on that note, for for me, the 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 weakest point was actually the the main event uh, um, when you've got two uh, wrestlers going into uh, a pay-per-view. Um, you want them to look as strong as possible, and I feel that they came out of this match, even though they got the win. They came out of this match looking looking humanized, looking weaker. Uh, and then when you add on the the promo with uh, revealing Psycho Sid, um, it it kind of almost uh, totally one eighted the 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 momentum going into that uh, pay per view. Because uh, before that, you would have thought that Cornette was uh, Camp Cornette was going in with all the momentum. They just they they basically been on all all uh, facets of this show. They've had Ultimate Warrior going out. You had Owen Hart uh, um, in, in the match. You had Bulldog and you had um, Vader in matches. And I think they it, they just the way that they let the Godwins have so much. Uh, Offense and 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 the hot tag with finishing and like Ori said the 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 crossbody which um, nobody should have been able to 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 hold Vader and and slam him like that going into a big pay per view that we we we're, we're going towards uh, yeah I think that that was um, a big big miss call by by WF for this time and for me that's that's the the weakest point of the show yeah. yeah. Right, so and next. I think I think Cornette tried to save it. I'll be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. because he, he all was of the that, grace of that match. He was yeah. Well, not only the match, but even after the match, when they were going mm-hmm. to introduce Psycho Sid, you know, oh, they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody. Look what we did to to Warrior tonight. Because all of that, you know, as we know now, was taped after the fact, you know, and inserted, you know, post, you know, editing and whatnot, and so. Um, they have nobody. Look what we did to Warrior. Look what we did to the Godwins, which is kind of, eh. but he was trying. 
you know? And so God bless him. Bless your heart, sugar. You tried. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, next week is the last of this, this block from, uh, from the, the Brown County Expo. And it's the, the go home show for international incident, which I think was, uh, in your house. Number nine, we're going to see, Pretty much all the champions on, on the show. We've got Shawn Michaels, he's going to be taking on Billy Gunn. And we've got uh, Ahmed Johnson taking on Bart Gunn. Um, so let's see if, uh, if Raw can pull off a, a great go-home show for, for International Incident. Uh, but that wraps up this week's episode of uh, A Change in Attitude. Um, Tanner, where can people find you on social media? Uh, well, you can find me a couple different places. Uh, you can follow my personal account on Twitter at Texas Gentleman underscore. Uh, there, there are multiple gentlemen from Texas, but I am the Texas Gentleman <laughs> with the underscore um, on Twitter. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter. We're at Radio Techers, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. Uh, Mags and myself, as well as a, a gentleman by the name of the Mad Attack UK, Mr. Matt Willis. Uh, we uh, host alternate commentary for Premier League games, uh, <laughs> and uh, Ori stopped by in the chat uh, on, on our latest episode, so go and check that out. Uh, we had a lot of fun uh, with that episode, um, and uh, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll also be covering the Euros this summer, uh, as much of it as we can, um, because I know everybody's schedules, it gets a little bit crazy, but uh, those would be the two places you can follow me at. And Ori, where can people, uh, can they find you and, and the content that you put out? You can find me on Twitter at Oriona75. That's O-R-I-O-N-A-7-5. You can also catch me on Twitch, typically on Mondays and Friday evenings, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time at O-R-I-O-N-A-7. Uh, no five on that one. Um, and also on TikTok, actually, O-R-I-O-N-A-7-5, same as the Twitter. Wow. Um, you can find me uh, not at DJ Kirby anymore because I have switched it up. I am now at Podfather Mags on, on the Twitter. Um, and like Tana said, you can find me on Radio Techers every week where we pretend to watch football whilst just shooting the shit. Um, <laughs> I'm also on uh, Chair Shot Radio every week with uh, with uh, Five Browns with my son Carlos and with Mid- Midweek Mainstay with Ray Cash. And you can also find me pretty much if someone's got a podcast, I've probably been a guest on it. Uh, so the, the Twitter is at... ACIA podcast, so that's a change in wrestling podcast, but abbreviated. So ACIA podcast, and we also have an email if you want to give us your kind of uh, thoughts and opinions on on any of the content that that we've covered in long form. You can uh, certainly fire us over an, an email, and we'll uh, uh, de- dependent on the 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 tone of it. We may even uh, involve it in in the show. So that yeah. is at uh, a change in attitude podcast at gmail.com so that's a change in attitude podcast at gmail.com but yeah thank you for listening and always remember what we do here at the chair shot is we always use our head
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.